0: I love me a good transfer special episode and I know why you guys are here so welcome my name is Farhad this is the Turin Giants podcast number 184 wanted to welcome you guys before we get into the old new show on this January 25th we've got great news about a very special player joining Juve it's 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 pretty much done by now Dushan Vlaovic is a new Juve player and we will pretty much dedicate the whole episode to him. But before we get into that, and before we get into uh, our conversation with our guests, uh, I wanted to just take care of business. You know how it goes. At UVEPodcast Podcast on Twitter. At Turin Giants on Twitter and on Instagram. If you want to um, follow our merch page, which you do, because there's going to be something special coming out in the next, next couple of days pertaining to our new player. A collaboration with... Uh, Uh, Colo 99 with Dan Colosimo, if everybody knows him. Um, There will be something super cool for you guys to purchase. Also, this episode is available on YouTube. It was really fun to record. Uh, Forgive us for not having proper studios, but if you want to see us talk and you want to watch us as we do that, uh, you're more than welcome. In order to look at this video on YouTube, just search for Turin Giants Show. However you want to enjoy this program, it's fine by me, YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, however you guys want. Uh, so let's get into it. Uh, first few minutes were dedicated to the game against Milan. Uh, there's some news in the Juve land besides the transfer, but the, the episode is pretty much dedicated to the, to the brand new player, and it was, a, it was a good one. So without further ado, here we go. Here we go. Turin Giants podcast, episode number 184. And what an episode it's about to be. Ah, uh, perfect timing. My name is Farhad. I'm the host that loves you most. As I always say, thank you so much for joining us. The longest running UV podcast in the world, eight years in running. Joining me is Adam Digby and John Cascarano here to discuss the biggest news in the UV world. But two, three months. Is this, this is the biggest news of the year? What would you guys say?
1: Yeah, definitely. It's
0: biggest news in quite a while, isn't it? It's not every day you draw nil nil with Milan. <laughs> yes, yes, especially um, at the San Siro. We, we, we will talk about that. It's we, we would be remiss if we didn't mention the the draw over the weekend against Milan at San Siro. Um, and and after that, we will pretty much talk about Vlahovic transfer the whole time. Super excited, but we do need to touch on the Milan game, Adam, before we started the podcast, you, um, um, you mentioned that you'd like to say a couple of words about the draw.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we started last week when we were talking about the game, We, we mentioned that the pitch would be a bit of a mess because there was a, an inter game the night before, and it definitely was a mess, wasn't it? We saw that right from the outset, the pitch was cutting up and it looked a mess. Um, and then the game, the game was the game, wasn't it? You know, the, Milan have a lot of injuries. They had a lot of players out um, on Sunday in defence and, and in attack as well. And obviously Zlatan went out after about 26, 27 minutes, I think, he got subbed off. Um, and, and you have to say, for as much as Juve did really well defensively, Rugani was good again, um, it's probably five or six games in a row. His longest run of games without a massive mistake in, since he's joined Juve, I reckon.
0: I'm glad you mentioned that. Uh, 59 touches from Rugani, 91.5 passes completed, uh, half the aerial duels won, uh, accurate long balls, four out of five, one out of one tackles completed, two interceptions, seven clearances. Pretty, pretty good numbers. Pretty good numbers. Maybe yeah. playing alongside Kilini uh, really helped him.
1: Yeah, definitely. But I mean, he's he's been good. Whoever he's played with over the past few weeks, he's had to yeah. he's had to play quite a bit with all the injuries and suspensions and COVID and whatever else. But yeah, he did well. I mean, when you saw the the starting lineup and you see it's a back four of, no offense to John, but when you see it's Di Silvio, Rugani, Chiellini, and Sandro, you think you're a a Giorgio Chiellini calf injury away from an absolute meltdown there, aren't you? And it, it, the defense was solid. The the guys did their job. You know, it was good. But mm-hmm. I think once possession was won back, Juve were horrendous. Like as much as yeah. as much as you want to praise the team for getting a nil at San Siro and. And, and somebody like Rogani for, for doing a good job defensively. There was just nothing in possession. And we can talk about, oh, it was Allegri's game plan to keep it tight. It's, Allegri's game plan wasn't to have 54% of possession and to not get a shot on target. That's that, that's no coach's game plan whatsoever. And the other thing I just wanted to say, just to, to round out my thoughts on it, were... The, the, the stupid comments, and I know some people, it's joking, but there are there are some people who say it in all seriousness, of can we have Landucci back? It's like, it's the same I to thing. Ask you about that. It's the same thing. It doesn't matter who is, who is the one on the sideline shouting instructions for 45 minutes. Before the match, in training all week, after the match, all of that. It's Allegri. Allegri is telling Landucci what to say. He's telling him what subs to make, all of that. Allegri would have got the same results. It's it's nothing changed for those two. It's not like Landucci took over and it went, oh, Allegri suspended on Saturday, so fuck what that guy said for six months. <laughs> we're going to play tiki-taka and we're going to score four goals. It's going to be amazing. It's it's the same message over and over and over. Allegri would have been in the pre-match meeting at, at Continassa before the match and then gone to sit in the stand. It's just... An inane comment to say that, that everything was different because Allegri's not coaching. It's just it's idiotic. It's like if there was a, a an NFL game and that the head coach is suspended. The the two coordinators are still in charge. The, the, the thing is they're still the same. Nothing changes. Yeah. It's it's nonsensical you, to think that everything you, you
0: keep you you keep bringing up the, the that American football and I, I don't know. I'm not familiar with the sport after my Packers lost in the, in the <laughs> fashion. I, I will not be Participating or watching or heartbreaking,
2: heartbreaking. Right, Johnny, John... fan. <laughs> hey man, <laughs> to
0: not <laughs> uh, Johnny, what are, what were your thoughts on a firecracker of a game? And then and then we'll uh, obviously I, I'll, I'll 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 read a couple of news and we'll move on to. I mean the the I'll, news.
2: A couple yes. of things. One, since Rugani was brought up, I just want to talk about him very quickly. I don't I don't think pairing with Killini had anything to do with it, Adams. Right. It doesn't really matter who he was paired up with. He's just been a different player this year. Um, on the Paramount Plus broadcast, I think it was uh, Matteo Bonetti who was saying, he just, who he pointed out, it was obvious for anyone watching, he was aggressive. He was so, so aggressive. And this is coming from uh, a young player whose claim to fame was his first full season at Empoli uh, under Sarri. He, uh, re- or sorry, the first full season before he transferred to Juve, he, um, he didn't get a single booking. Now that's all great. I mean, you know, they can talk about his technical uh, defending and all that, but sometimes you need to, you need to, if you're a defender, you need to get booked. And he was just, he just came out so much more aggressive the past few uh, matches. And it was even more obvious uh, against Milan. I don't, so I don't know. I mean, I just looked it up. He's, he's 27, which in Italy is like a teenager, especially for a center back. Uh,
0: especially someone who he, doesn't play half the games a season.
2: R- right. And that's what, you know, that's what I always was saying about Rugani. I felt his issue uh, with Juve because I always thought he was a really, really good player. Um, and the job he did at Empoli, that that doesn't lie. That was in the top flight. He was excellent. I always thought that his problem was he transferred to Juve um, during those years when Juve were going to two Champions League finals and, um, Actually, I don't think he was around for the first one, uh, 15. Yeah, but he, was. Still.
1: he was. Oh, he was. Okay. Yeah, it was 30, 2013, he joined
2: you. Yeah. So 2015, 2017, you think um, when you have Pete Chiellini and Benucci and Barzali, who's still uh, playing at a top level, the three three of the best center backs and certainly like the three, uh, the, uh, the best three defender tandem in the world he wasn't going to get much playing time. So that really affected his development uh, a great deal. And I think the plan was to give him more, more playing time, but like, you know, Baxali didn't age, it didn't age inexplicably and uh Chiellini and Benucci were both in their primes. Um, so I think that's, that was a big problem for him. And that's what affected him. It seems like. Yeah. Spending a year away from on loan, he came back and he's just, he's just going for it. He's more aggressive. So I'm happy for him, but we already i think spent too much time on the, on that at this point i think that um you know match against milan it was a poor pitch it showed and it really really adam's points were correct i think that this was the type of match where uh you Ju- juventus really could have benefited from uh the type of player up front who was
0: uh up, 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 goals- up, up, up. <laughs> well, I'm not, no 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 i'm just
2: I, i'm speaking who is this player you're speaking general. of i you just you know let's say there's a they, there's a, a young six foot two six foot three uh number six foot nine three i already who, looked it up <laughs> who, can, who can make something out of nothing in six the foot three and, 21
0: years 21 years old january 28th and, is the birthday and right, shirt I is mean, number nine and the preferred foot is left.
2: My my point is, it's it was the type of game where having a Higuain type of number nine that we haven't had since you know Prime Higuain a few years ago, um, somebody that can make something out of nothing, uh, really could have been helpful. Yes, yeah, sir. I think
1: the the other thing to mention on Rogan is he's he's played in some big games this season. You know, he's played Ironically, he's played against Fiorentino when Juve kept a clean sheet. He played the full game. He played against Napoli, Roma, Inter, and and, and now Milan. And and Juve have done quite well in those games. Obviously, they they lost in the Super Cup to Inter, but he's played well. I think the only thing I would say is he's not made a mistake yet. And on the one hand, yeah, okay, that's great. That shows great progress. He's maturing and whatever. I think from what we've seen of him in the past, we, I want to see how he reacts when he makes a mistake. I think it's it's so easy to get caught up and be a, like a prisoner of the moment and, and see he's had seven games against some of Syria's big teams and maybe he's maturing and he's nearly 28 years old and, and all of that. And he's had so many bad games over the last seven, eight years that you can't just write that off because he's had seven or eight good games. You, you have to... You have to look at that in total and say he was rubbish for Juve when he came. He didn't get... Well, no, he was okay when he first came. He never improved after that. He plateaued massively, massively. He just stayed at that same level. He was a, a promising young player for years. And now suddenly he's 27, 28. He went out on loan to Ren but got injured. Then he went out on loan to Caliwet. And let's be honest, he was still pretty crap. And they were looking not to get relegated last season. Um, he's come back in now. He didn't get any playing time at the start of the season. Then he's been thrown in in this run when Juve have had injuries. And he, he's done all right. He's done all right. Yeah, he was very, very good against Milan. But by and large, in those games that we mentioned before that, he was all well, right. And all right is a massive improvement for Rugani yeah, from where he's yeah. been in years past. But... well. It, it, we're not going to forget the defender that he has been because of the defender that he happens to be for, for six or seven games. I mean, I had some guy on Twitter telling me yesterday that he should be starting even when all four central defenders are fit. I mean,
0: it,
2: what is a magical place? I love it come so on. much.
1: It's amazing. It's amazing. <laughs> uh,
0: if
2: you're not you Twitter, Twitter, a very good respectfully, Adam, I, I think you're, you're being the anti-prisoner of the moment, whatever that it's called. And you're, Focusing too much on how poor he has previously been. Not necessarily poor, how disappointed he's been, to your point. You're I, correct. He
1: I I just don't think he's had that much to do. Like, yes, you can say, Oh, he's he's done well, he's made some good passes, you've kept clean sheets. And he's made a couple of good tackles in those games. Sure. I mean, you just if i had read the stats out, he made one tackle against Milan. One tackle. Okay. Great. What he made one tackle.
0: All right, this is an Rugani podcast. Let's let's just I I I just have a Rugani theory that giants. he doesn't he, he he doesn't receive yellow cards because when he comes home he gets punished by his wife. That's my theory. Ooh. Uh so before we move on to the biggest transfer, is this is this the biggest January transfer you have ever pulled off? What do you guys think?
2: Uh to me, Yes. My- <laughs> I agree. Yeah,
0: it, I, agree it, I mean the me. only
1: the only the only January transfer to rival it that it's, and it's clearly not the same thing in terms of, of cashier and, and money spent and the surprise factor of it is Bartali.
0: I was just going to guess. Bartali yes.
1: came in January, 300,000 euros from Wolfsburg, which yep. turns out he, he was a World Cup winner, won the Bundesliga and he became a, one of the best defenders in the world. So that that's a great transfer. Juve signed Edgar Davids, but that was in a December in, a, in the land before transfer windows when you could sign players whenever you wanted and... It didn't matter, yeah. but in terms of January transfer windows, I mean, besides Nicholas Bentner, it's it's, it's right there, isn't it?
0: So before we move uh, on to the to, to the yeah, breakdown of the transfer, uh, let me just read the Sarah uh, table right now. Inter still first place, Napoli second, splitting points with Milan in third, forty nine points, uh, forty three points for Atalanta. And we're in fifth place with 42 points. Um, all right. Do, what, how, do you, how do you pronounce his name? Um, I'm Dushan as if Dushan. it has
1: a H in it, and Vlahovic as Vla-ovic. if that has a H in it too.
2: Vlahovic yeah. Vlahovic.
1: You you pronounce the last name exactly how it sounds. The S with the little Vla-ovic. squiggle on it makes it a sh.
0: So um we're still waiting for here we go but pretty much the transfer is pretty much done
1: yeah he's he's actually, actually interestingly enough on that he's been way off the pace with this one that you, really? m- you mentioned here we go but yeah, yeah. um fabiana della valle from gazetta dello sport who's at pretty much every Juve game was the first person it was on the front page of gazetta last week about Vlaovic to Juve. she's been been streets ahead of everybody else and um Romeo Gresti's on top of it. Obviously, again, in Turin he's always there. And yeah. and to be honest, Fabrizio Romano's updates so unsurprisingly, well, surprisingly, come after both of those two guys. So he's
0: well, that's what a lot of people not- say. I know it's 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 jo- it's jokes online, and these kids don't know what you know journal journalists what their work is like and what they have to deal with. Uh they always say that he just breaks the news, basically. It's it's official when he says it, but there's not much. There's not much investigating. Uh, I don't know if it's fair or not. You as a journalist, you tell us.
1: It's not fair. He's, he's really well connected. He's really on top of things. It's just, it's interesting to me that for a guy who probably for the past two years has been on top of every big transfer everywhere all the time, he's kind of been left chasing shadows with this one. And that's
2: a surprise. You're not going to get
1: everyone. No, of course you're not. And I think it's indicative of the way that this has come as a surprise that nobody expected it. And it, it's really come out of nowhere, especially when you're talking about Juve actually just not putting any players in the deal, just paying the transfer fee that Fiorentina want. It, it, it really is one of those. It's like the Cristiano Ronaldo one, isn't it? I was yeah. just
2: about to say that. I, yeah, I think and, in situations like this, excuse me, sorry to cut you off, but in situations no, no. like this, when you, know, you have the reputable journalists who after a while, they start priding themselves on the fact that they don't put out bullshit and they're not... Ever typically wrong, if ever. Um, Like with Ronaldo, nobody expected it to actually happen. Mm -hmm. With Vlaovic, nobody expected it to happen, at least in January, especially with the COVID economy that Juve is dealing with. Mm -hmm. And so I think a lot of the top journalists who maybe missed on this one were going to, similar to Cristiano Ronaldo, they were just sort of playing their You know, they were just being conservative, which is I would have done the same thing. I wouldn't have stuck my neck out there on something that seems so implausible. I think that's
1: certainly part of it. For me, I think another part of it you would have to say is for Juve, in the current, as you mentioned, exactly right, in the current climate, financially, economically, and, and with Juve's financial position the way it's been, it wouldn't surprise me when this all shakes out and we get the whole story if this has been. Andrea Agnelli speaking to Rocco Camiso to get the deal done, which would then cut out people like Fabrizio Romano, who are really well connected with agents and sporting directors, because like Cristiano Ronaldo, this was a decision and a, a, a transfer made at a level that, with all due respect, he's not at, he's not having conversations with Andrea Anelli. He's talking to agents, he's talking to sporting directors, and those guys give him information. But once you go out of that and it's it's at a different level, and I think. For, for what we read about the deal, and Fahad can go over the figures, but I think you, you'll you'll quickly recognize that this has to be a, a decision. It's not, Keroubini has gone, oh, do you know what? I think we'll spend 70 million and just get Vlaovic and get it done. It's fine. I think that's a...
0: Well, let's go uh, over the figures, shall we? Yeah. So Vlaovic will sign a four and a half year contract worth 7 million net per year with Juve. About 75 mil will go to Ferentina between the fixed parts and potential bonuses so um uh worth it that's all i gotta say and uh, uh, do you guys mind do you guys mind if i sprinkle in uh twitter questions from our listeners every once in a while no of Uh, course not so patrick van camp are my shout outs to to him because he's my fellow struggling packers fan we were texting back and forth it was it was painful i couldn't even move so he i i appreciate him giving me a little bit of solace um So he's asking where does the money coming from and how does this affect summer transfers? There's some more stuff in there, but Patrick, let's be real. It's not a Patrick Van Camp podcast. So (laughs) I love, you know, so, so what do you guys think? Well, can you, can you, Adam, particularly, can you break down the the finances if you can?
1: Yeah. I mean, it's 70 million. I, I tweeted this earlier today, but, that's about what Juve would have paid Cristiano Ronaldo in wages this season. And then you can add in the transfer fee that they got from Manchester United. And just to, not to get too bogged down in the details, but just to explain it quickly for, for people who might Please not do. be aware. When when you sign a player, um, you take their value, and that immediately goes on the books as an asset, not as an outgoing expense. The outgoing expense is the amortization which is a big way of saying the value that you lose every year so if you sign a player for 60 million on a four-year contract you immediately are 60 million euros better off in financial fair play terms not 60 million worse and then every year of that four-year contract you divide the contract the transfer fee by the contract years and then so 60 million four-year contract. You would effectively lose 15 million every year, so it would go down 15, 30, 45, 30, 15, zero. So, like Paolo Di this summer, if his contract runs out, is actually worth nothing for Juve, so it wouldn't be a loss in that regard, it would just be a player who's worth nothing, leaving for nothing. So, with Ronaldo, Juve were owed, Juve would have lost whatever the the remaining year of his contract was so probably 20 23 million instead they received uh it was about 15 million from manchester united
2: anything. yeah so that's like a, or no 14 was what they lost on the books Yeah,
1: i think they got about so they got about 12 then so they they wrote that off so that's a 12 million euro loss instead of or 15 million euro loss sorry instead of 23 at the end of the season then you take away his 60 million euros in wages and suddenly instead of paying him 60 million and losing 23 when he's not worth anything you got 15 million in you only lost 12 million suddenly you've got a lot more money than you thought you had and and the boss just said okay go and give it to Fiorentina and get Vladovic and then going forward you're going to have him on your books paying him 7 million euros a season which is Pretty much in line with the Juve top earners, which is what we discussed last week, isn't it? With uh, the likes of Ramsey Rabio, DiBalo on his current deal. They're all around that seven million mark. So it's it's a player who, yeah, it's a big initial outlay, but then he comes in on a on a manageable contract for did you say it was five years? That they, they, they're talking about four and a half, or oh, that's the rest of this. Season. I think it's four, four with an season. option. Yeah. So it's it's much more manageable, much more palatable than than Cristiano Ronaldo's figures. So the, the the saving really is in in losing Ronaldo, and then if they can manage to ship out a, a, an Aaron Ramsey to get rid of his wages, and there's talk today of uh, Bentancur being sold as well, isn't
0: there? I I wanted this, to but, mention that as well. You you notice how Bentancur has been playing pretty well lately, huh? Finally woke mm-hmm. up. He wants that Aston Villa money. He wants to play. Who who's the coach? Is that Gerard? Steven Gerard, yeah. He's doing pretty well. I've seen I, I watched their game against United and they didn't go down. They they uh yeah. they and I think I
1: think unfortunately for Benton Kerr, we can go back to Vlavic, obviously. But I think unfortunately with Benton Kerr, it's a play that Allegri probably wouldn't want to lose. But if if you need to make some space to pay for Vlavic's wages for the rest of this season and get a little bit of money coming in for that massive outwear going out. You kind of have to sacrifice one of your players, don't you? And if if Ramsey's not leaving, if Artur's not leaving, then you look, if Artur's not leaving, then he has to play because he's a €70 million Euro player. So you have him as a starter. You have Locatelli as a starter, obviously. And then you have the third player in between Rabiot, Bentancur and McKennie. Bentancur is the one that somebody wants to buy, unfortunately. Not a first-choice player. It's a sacrifice you have to make to get the players that you want.
0: Absolutely. Um, Shout outs to Tom Richardson, or as I call him, Aaron Ramsey fan number one. Uh, It's just a a statement. Shout outs to him. He says that it's mad to think that we've been without a proper number nine for a couple of years. I was pretty sure this was all rumors, but I'm so glad to be proven wrong. And um, yes, 100% also. Uh, Zach writes to us He used to write for us And, and be a contribu- contributor to our podcast Shout outs to him uh, He's saying that he's, he's mirroring A lot of other Juve fans So he's saying this level of anticipation And excitement matches when Delict Came to Juve I love Locatelli Even bought his Sassuolo kit with his name on, on it But I knew he was coming Kiese was also exciting uh, But there was also a little worry About him coming to the big stage but this is next level. Uh, I agree mm. with you. This is this is a this this is one of those one of those. I think, um, I think if you were
1: if you were cautious about Chiesa coming, I think you can have all those same concerns about about Vlahovic. I mean, interesting. Yeah, he's he's scored a hell of a lot of goals the last twelve months. I think, but Vlahovic
2: is more, and I love Chiesa. He's he's turning out to be a real forte classe, and I think he. I, I was bullish on his transfer. I wanted his transfer since 2019. Uh, um, and I was in the minority in that. I think Vlaovic is much more of a sure thing than Chiesa even was.
1: I think the, the only the only concern I have with Vlaovic is he's done it for a year. And I know he's young. I know he's only 21. And I, I, I get all of that. But he scored nine goals in 60 games for Fiorentina before last year.
2: He, he's on his second year in a row of doing it. No,
1: he's not. He's he He He'd scored six goals before he started this ridiculous tear in the first half of last season. He That's scored true. six goals. That's true. All 2019,
0: rest- 2000, 2019 and 20. Sorry to interrupt. Um, he played 30 games, scored six goals, got four yellow cards. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but um, even no, even the no, no following- assists. I'm seeing 21
2: goals in 37 games last year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they all. Oh, I'm
0: sorry. I'm looking at the wrong. I'm I'm looking at the wrong.
2: And this season, he's got he's got 17 and 21 games so far this season. Yes, but all his
1: goals last season, apart from five, came after the winter break. That's only a year. That's only a year. But but he's kept it up. Yeah, of course he has. Of course he has. He's done it for a year. I'm not saying he's not a great player. I'm not saying he's not going to carry on scoring goals. I'm saying if you're going to have a little bit of caution about Chiesa coming because it's moving to the big stage for the first time. Vlavic has played well in Serie A for one year. And yes, it's the year he turned 21 and all of that. And Cesare Prandelli unlocked him a little bit. And before that, he'd scored goals at youth level. But he hadn't done it in Serie A for Fiorentina before a year ago. And that... That is a note of caution that you have to have. It's the yeah. same. It's the same with any player. Look at—he he could be—he could be amazing. He could carry on scoring like this forever. He could be Christoph Piontek.
2: You well, know. Look at it Johnson. another way. Before he, before this past year when he started scoring goals, he was a teenager playing in Syria yeah. the first time.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So. But it's three seasons. It's three seasons when he wasn't really doing it at Fiorentina. It's not like I don't, he know, was, if, I don't know if I like to send a negative year old though. I don't no no. I, I, I get and, your and point. that's that's absolutely right. <laughs> I'm always joking. He was really young. He was really young. He was really unproven. And Fiorentina were rubbish too. That that has to be a factor in that. But yeah. Fiorentina were rubbish last season as well, and he still scored goals. So, so basically Fi- Fiorentina,
0: him. I'm I'm reading that Fiorentina paid 1.5 million for him mm-hmm. and look at the profit they're making people are going to hate me for interrupting you guys i i do apologize no, no. but it's we're, we're in a short time I, I i i do have to like direct the show yeah. so please don't take it sure, personally boys no I really no, appreciate of course you. no um so there's an interesting list here that i just lost uh first of all the the abuse that vlaovic is getting and the police involvement around his home not cool not cool. It's just sports. Let's not Sad. let's not attack our players. Here. Sad. Um, Very standard from-
1: fare for Syria. Let's be honest. Old, yes. Like and and the the other thing is yes, okay, you can. There's clearly a racist element when all those banners call him a gypsy because he's Eastern European. But all they've done is put some banners up. I know. I I totally appreciate the fact that there is a hint of racism to those banners, but. That's all they've done. Yes, there's police at his house making sure he's not getting in any more trouble. But all they've done is put up some banners because their best player is leaving for their bitterest rival. Like
0: that is And, and speaking of that, thank you for the perfect segue. Uh, the list is stolen from Zach Lowy. Uh, I, I don't know if I'm pronouncing his name right. 1990, Roberto Baggio, a world famous transfer to Juve. This, this, this. I think this one. Could have been ended in and could could have ended in violence. I, I remember that one it was.
2: Did. It did that was the one that started yep. it all.
0: Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. 2004, Giorgio Chiellini. 2005, Fabrizio Micoli. 2009, Felipe Melo coming to u a two 2015, Neto. Uh, 2017, Bernardeschi, Chiesa, and Vlaovic In 2022, we've been on a roll. Um, yeah, there's yeah, there's yeah, definitely yeah. a reason why Fiorentino doesn't like the players who move to Juve or Juve themselves. So there's a little little background for you guys. Um he's celebrating his 21st birth. No, hold on. i second I'm I'm switching between so many windows. I am I apologize, guys. This was this as you can understand, this was pretty unplanned. As far as transfers, and there's a lot of stuff still coming out, and there's a lot. I'm just of- glad we don't
2: have to spend a whole show talking about the Milan match. Yeah, it would have been pretty tough that, right?
0: Yeah, it was. It was not a, was not, and and the absence of fans didn't help. You know, uh, there's what a 50 percent capacity now. You see some. It's some, less, isn't a it? It's of,
1: like five thousand or something now. It's it right down, so it's down. So It's been pretty standard fare this season, to be honest, for for Juve especially.
0: All right, let's get back to the questions real quick. One second. Sorry, boys. Hmm. Let's see. So the question comes. Oh, man. This is just another comment from uh, Juve 87. Is it the player we search for? It is the players that we search for. I'm happy for the management. So whatever Juventino could see in the whole season. However, I don't see why we should praise the management they just met the demands from uh comiso it's not a tricky Ch- uh, Chiesa deal just spending a lot of money there's of course the army of of of, of fans who are who are negative about it they're not celebrating they're being cautious and one more one more couple of comments that I saw that as long as the the midfield is so bad this this will just be another Another expensive player to pay for, another toy that that Juve management is hanging in front of us. Uh, But it's a big step, right? We still need to fix the management problems. What do you guys think?
2: The management just literally bought the player that most of of Juve Twitter was begging for. Yeah. For the past year, and now all of a sudden we well, you know, the the, all they did was pay the money. Like, what what do you want them to do? They literally did exactly what you wanted.
0: I just got a uh, subtweet. Great. Now let's fix that midfield. So, you know, people, some people just... Yeah, never why do you hate joy? Just
2: enjoy
1: this. Yeah. And the other I thing is... fucking understand. The other thing is Fiorentina start Giacomo Bonaventura every week in midfield and nobody gives a shit because Vlavic is scoring okay. 20 goals a season. So right. you, you would be amazed at how much better your midfield and your management look I, when your leading striker say, scores 25 goals. Between
2: his hold-up play and the fact that the defense and the, probably the the deep whoever the uh, defensive midfielders he's going up against are going to be keeping an extra eye on him and probably mm-hmm. an extra body on him that's going to open up the midfield even more. It's going to make the midfield mm-hmm. even better.
1: And, he's, and he uh, can hold the ball up so that McKennie and Locatelli can get in the box much better than anybody else who plays in attack. So suddenly they'll start scoring goals. And instead of passing it to Morata, who's offside or Dybala who's falling over, you pass it to Vlaovic who puts it in the net. Or
2: suddenly Dybala who's playing as like a center back, basically trying to get the ball.
1: So suddenly your, your your midfielders are getting assists left, right, and center because they're passing to somebody who actually knows where the goal is. And, right. and everything looks better. It's it's a ridiculous thing. Like when Juve were winning the league with uh, Pjanic, Matuidi and Kadira, you were still telling me that midfield is rubbish. By the time those three finished, that midfield was rubbish and everybody was complaining about it. But now, like, the midfield looks bad because the defences had problems and the attacks had problems. So how much of it is actually the midfield? I mean, Locatelli, before he came this season, was the best midfielder in Serie A. Juve have to sign him. He's amazing. Comes to Juve, he looks bad. Why? because the team's not working properly. Adrian Rabiot starts every game for France. France are not rubbish. France are good. France have good midfielders. They have Kante, they have Pogba. They have all these players. They start Rabiot. So Rabiot is not rubbish. Like All these players play regularly in good teams. Juve have not been a good team. The midfield is the easy one to blame because God forbid you criticise Chiesa or Dybala. God forbid you create size Bonucci or Chiellini. So the problems for you, are Szesny and midfield because they're I, easy, I, right?
2: I, I think ever since Vidal was sold and then the next in 15 and then the next summer Pogba was sold, that was it. Everybody was going to complain about the midfield.
1: The, the midfield has problems. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that the midfield is fantastic. I'm not saying any of that. But it will look a lot better if Vlavic is scoring 25 goals. It'll look a lot better it's if you're winning ago. the league. It's still better than it was two years ago. Exactly. This midfield honestly, is better than I the think, midfield that Sari had.
2: By i find thinking thinking about this now. Now that we're talking about the holdup play and what uh, Lovic is going to do to open up things behind him, I could see McKenny being a big beneficiary of his arrival. Yeah, um, and, and with the holdup play, he can he, those runs that he makes into the box. I think he'll score a few more goals.
0: You guys yeah, mind I mean, if i you guys mind if i read something from reddit i apologize adam um no. so shout out to uv reddit community if you want a good conversation join reddit and go to UV. those guys have been super supportive of the podcast and they sticky every post that i post uh, i've been been there for like 10 years now maybe uh shout outs to them they're they're a good community so um go join them so truman 0798 he wrote a big piece on Vlaovic. you guys don't mind i will i will read it to you now for those who are not really familiar with with the style of play uh so truman 0798 says in depth not really in depth sorry i'll tell you what i've seen from his games this season so he's saying that he watched most of the games uh he's strong all caps he's not a pushover not a player to fall easily He's good with hold-up play, and he can easily go physical with central defenders. He's fast for being a striker. This is one of the reasons he scores on both counterattacks and possession, important for a striker playing under Allegri. Yep. Uh, he's explosive. I mean, like, crazy explosive. This together with the long legs creates chances from nowhere, especially from deep passes uh, through the back line to find a third. I mean, the guy leaps crazy fast uh, and far and then bamboozles, bamboozles the defenders. Uh, one of the more important points, he's a striker after all, is his nose for goal and finishing. Dude shoots hard, hard balls and he's also finishing with lobs and more placed shots he scores from weird angles and a lot of from half chances and that's actually what i've seen too in the highlights that i've seen he's got he's got quite a
1: bit of that um trezeguet kind of he gets all awkward twisted whatever it takes to get the best possible shot off he's really good at that and the other thing i'd add to that is his passing is excellent like seriously good cross field balls laying it Mm -hmm. off to somebody His passing is excellent it, it, and that's been probably the last six seven months his passing's really improved um and I really mentioned that
0: he's only 21
1: only until friday right
0: yeah january 28th
1: yeah um yeah i think i think the the other thing talking about the the, the rest of the problems in the team it, it, it for me one of the biggest things it's got to do is it's got to take away this excuse of of playing negatively because what when you know you've got a guy who can get goals, why are you looking to 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 sit back and defend? Let's get after teams and go and win football matches. Because that that's been our criticism all along. And the, the answer to has always been, well, the, the attack is rubbish and the midfield is rubbish and blah blah blah. But you've just signed the top scorer in Serie A for 70 million, let's you let's use it. You know, and I think we we know with Allegri he's very good at finding a solution for for um, for Juve's problems. He, he yeah. moved away from the back three in his first spell when that wasn't working. He moved to a two-man midfield when the midfield got too bad in 16-17. In took him to a Champions
2: League final with that. And got, and got to a Champions formation. League final
1: and, and then then got played against Real Madrid who played with four central midfielders and two is not as many as four and totally got outplayed. I played
2: That actually was making me... Yeah, I was thinking earlier today, I could see Allegri going back to his 4-2-3-1 and if Morata stays, at least this season, because I question. think I think after after this season, I don't think there's no way they're going to make that loan move. No, definitely but, not. Um, Which is a, another thing
1: is, to add on to where the money's coming from for Vlahovic,
2: right? Yep. But if they stay this season, uh, if you, for this season, I could see him going to four-two-three-one and putting Morata, who can play out wide on the left and who has done it, I think, for Real Madrid before. I could see him playing that Mandzukic, uh left wing mm-hmm. role.
1: I, I think that's hard, especially worth with,
2: rate.
1: With, yeah, but with the midfield the way that it is at the moment. I don't think there's two players who you could, like, for all we criticise Kadira Kadira at least could hold his position and be really solid defensively. Pjanic was quite good too. If you lose Benton, who are you playing in a two with Locatelli and then you're playing... Debala and Morata and Vlahovic as well. I think from what we've seen from Allegri since he came back this time he's just so cautious. It's really hard to see what he does but we know we know he pulls something out of nowhere. Nobody expected that that 4-2-3-1 so it could be something completely different. He's he's very good at that and and I wish we saw something of that ilk, you know, not the same I'm not saying the same thing. I'm not saying a different version of that. Just something completely different because what we've seen so far this season with this 4-4-2, it just doesn't work. They, they, they don't have the wingers to make 4-4-2 work, especially with Chiesa out injured. So
0: it's it's because... I, I Listen, I don't know much about football, but I think the last coach to make 4-4-2 palatable was was Ferguson and it's just such an outdated system it's yeah
1: Simeone uh, plays it a bit with Athletic, Dunning, but it's it's a very different kind of thing and it's a very different way so I
2: think it's, it's more of a 433 three in practice
1: yeah i, th- I think the pro- the problem you've got then is is, is the, the problem isn't it's a problem it's whatever the, the difficulty is trying to fit is is honestly is trying to fit dibala because whatever, whatever you come up with, it's it's where do you play Dybalo? Because if you play him as a 10, then you've got to play with two wingers to play four, two, three, one, and then he's going to get overrun in midfield. He can't play as a winger because he's too slow. It's and I, I again I tweeted this earlier. I think it's it's a really interesting now to see what happens with Dibalo's contract because Vlaovic has scored more goals than him. He's got as many assists as him over the past couple of seasons. He's accepted a seven million euros a season wage, seven and a half million euros a season. How does Dybala justify getting ten million? You know, and and Yuvve already, in one respect, in terms of goals at least, Juve just replaced him as as the the leading goal scorer. So you're not paying him for goals. He's not delivering with with creativity. He, it's, it really is. I spoke about this last week about um, Arriva Benne saying you 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 have to produce for that money. And it, it, it really yeah, does lay a marker down of, of what the wage structure is, doesn't it? If a, a 70 million euro league leading goal scorer signs on seven and a half million, how do you justify giving the next guy 10?
0: If you're DiBala, what do you do? Next step in your career?
1: I, I, I think you have to look long and hard at yourself and ask yourself what you want to be. Do you want to be well-paid like donnarumma for sitting on PSG's bench? Or do you want to be the... The beloved number ten and captain of Juventus, and sign on the terms that they're offering you. Because I don't see if if you they're going to sign Duvovich for seventy million, they're going to build the team around getting the best out of him, just like they did with Ronaldo, just like they did with Higuaín. And in, in every case, DiBala kind of got pushed to the side, didn't he? With with Ronaldo and Higuaín. and that's kind of why he's become the 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 other guy in many ways, the 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 Robin to the other guy's Batman, I guess.
2: But um, I think to, to your point about where do you put him, he's done well when he's had Iguain or Ronaldo with him. He has, he has. And I think that's that's a testament to the style of player that he is. Maybe Romeo Agresti was reporting earlier that as far as he knows, the plan with Juventus is, is to create a dynamic duo with Dybala and Vlaovic. So if that's, maybe that's actually the case, maybe that's, Maybe that's been the uh, stall in the contract talks. They wanted to get that um, partner for him that could be sort of the focal point that he could play off of.
1: Maybe. I just, I don't think that explains it's a stretch, why. a but... Yeah, I just, I don't think that explains why we've got to a point where Dybala can sign for somebody else for free on on and having not agreed a contract. And there's been too much noise about Juve agreeing terms and then backing out of that deal is that because they knew they were going to commit seven and a half million euros a season to
2: to Vlahovic? Well, I, I think it was Romeo who recently reported that that wasn't actually the case that they didn't pull back; they were just waiting until February. I don't know. I just
0: all right. There's there's one more thing I wanted to to read to you guys. We brought up uh, Vlahovic's stats. Here's something that I read online right now. Uh, Vlaovic so far has scored 17 league goals while taking 75 shots. This equates to a goal every 4.4 shots, which is a very impressive figure. So, go, uh, going
1: by the Milan match, he's going to score once every five games. <laughs> how, how dare you! <laughs>
0: No, I mean,
1: I mean that that's the thing, isn't it? Like you like you said before, you put a striker like that into that Milan game and you come away with a one 0 win. It's just depressing to think if that's the plan going forwards. You know, I'm okay
2: with that. Yeah, I'm really not. I've never had, I was saying last night, I've never napped as good as during the first Allegra years. I and I don't nap, I'm not a napper, but I could lay on the couch and watch. It was more of a coma. Uh, you, Juve, yeah. I watch a Juve Milan match, and you know, let myself drift away easily, knowing that eventually Tevez will score that one goal and will take all three points on that one goal.
1: I'm okay yeah. with that. Uh,
2: I'm really Football is overrated.
1: It's not though, John. It's not. It's not. When was the last chat time the Champions League final ended one 0 I know it was two years ago. by MBpsg PSG. Blah blah blah. you know what i mean those big games adam just
0: roast himself
1: yeah he did what was the
2: last time you've made a big in january
1: (laughs) yeah but but you don't win the champions league by winning one nil all the way through you just don't you just don't being somewhat i know i know i just some people kind of miss the sarcasm font though so i just wanted to just lay it out from me yeah it's like Football's moved on so much, even since 2017 when you ever got to Champions League final. You, the teams who were successful at the very elite level are not teams who were just playing solid defensively and hoping to win 1-0. They're just not, they're not in any way, they're really not. And yeah, okay, Chelsea have done this and Bayern did that, but all those France teams... on the World
2: Cup doing that. Uh,
1: yeah, but is okay is a world cup really elite level football like is it Fair point
2: that's that's why i always say this this italy euro win of the last summer meant more to me than any world cup win because i i enjoy the euros so much more because it's a better tournament the teams are better Mm -hmm.
1: but look how even italy even italy with with roberto mancini one of the oldest old school managers that we had until recently Suddenly, he's got the team pressing high up the pitch. He's got Bonucci and Chiellini playing in the other team's half all the time, playing on the front foot, bringing in young players at, at, at fullback and at, in midfield who can play an exciting style. He's got that midfield
2: three or, or also four players. important to note, Allegri isn't like... Uh, Mourinho, or somebody who's known for he comes in. It, it, this is his system. He's going to park the bus. He's going to grind out those matches. He's a pragmatist. He has that been since Cardiff because that's the it, teams that's... haven't been that great. The, okay, okay. That, and that's you know, that's, the,
1: that's the entire point I'm trying to make. That's all I want to say is if that's the reason, if the reason that Allegri's been so ultra cautious since Cardiff is because the team's not been good. He's got Locatelli. He's got Chiesa when he comes back. Now they've got Vlaovic. A couple more signings and suddenly that excuse is gone. If we still see this Jurassic era football, then something's got to change because you're not going all the way with this team. You're not. And yes, more than anyone, as much as anyone, I don't want to put on better than anybody else, or above anybody else, as much as anybody else, I'll celebrate Juve winning the Scudetto if they win 38 matches 1-0. Absolutely. But if you want to go where you want to go, if you want to be the elite team in Europe and you want to have success in the Champions League, you're not doing that grinding it out. I think this the is same football.
0: This is do or die for Allegri and for a lot yeah, of people. It is,
1: it is, and he's proven in the past. Absolutely, take John's point. He's proven in the past that he can do it. That he that's knows how to that's do when he's it. Best. That he was at his best when he played four, three, two, one with Tevez and Roberto Pereira. Be behind Morata and the team was awesome and I, and I love that cuatro, team that,
2: tres, that exactly that,
1: that that team that team was amazing and it was amazing because it had four years three years of Conte teaching them how to defend and then Allegri came in and took the handbrake off this team still knows how to defend they know how to get the job done somebody needs to take the handbrake off because it's fucking boring mm-hmm. and if, if
2: yes You know, I remember when we were when we were in and that's why I I was crossing um, uh, Allegri quotes when I was just uh, repeating that one, because remember when we were in Tyron Adam in 2015, after the one nothing win against Monaco, what did he say? Mm -hmm. What was the headline in the paper? Mm -hmm. If you want fun, there's the circus. Yeah.
1: yeah, but then he didn't win one 0 against Real Madrid in the next round, so he 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 knew he knew, and and look at the two. But finals. that team
2: played some really good football too. Yeah, they did. They, they did. were even they, if they won one nothing, it was an entertaining game. They moved the ball, they they held possession.
1: They did, but then you look at the two finals, and even with Pelo, Vidal, Marquisio, Pogba, it's it's three one, and then.
2: Well that that, two that, years later, that 3-1 loss to Barcelona was a harsh scoreline for them. It was, it was it wasn't Real Madrid in Cardiff. When Morata scored was,
1: when Marata scored to make it 1-1 it was on a knife edge and it could have gone either way and it went Barca's yeah. way and is that because that, Barca Not took to mention chances? it could
2: have, it should have been equalized before the half with the, yeah. there were two well, there we're, were two we're foul. going too All far right, in yeah, discussion. Gonna, <laughs> yeah, we're
0: getting Yeah, well let's I, I just, let's save that for the next one. Just finishing thoughts, guys, and then I'll read a couple of things and then thank you for so think, much for joining us. I think what, it's what, a real
1: statement of intent from Juventus that they've struggled since Allegri left the first time. They've they've really struggled to to make a, a, a real impression on football in any way, really. Yeah, PLO mm-hmm. coming as manager, signing Chiesa is nice and all of that, but this is a player who everybody wanted uh, 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 the best Haaland uh, uh, aside the, the best young talent in the sport
0: like without a question you know as much as by the way have you have you seen his muscles <laughs> yes the dude is stacked his neck is it like is. twice the, the size he's, of mine and you and you see the photos when he's like exchanging t-shirts exchanging jerseys with other players just like yeah. just like a beast of a man
1: he is, and you yeah. think him him and Delict and, and and Bonucci and Chiellini are going to cause some real havoc for opposing defences on set pieces too. That's a real threat now that Juve yeah. will have. Yeah. And it, it's it's a real statement of intent from the board and from Agnelli and from Arriva Bene and Cherubini that, that Juve is still Juve and they can still get the job done and sign big players. Now they need to sell some players and round out the squad and make a real go of things next season. But... It's it's fantastic to see suddenly Juve dominating the headlines for all the right reasons isn't it because it's been a fucking while. Yep.
2: What number you think he's going to wear when he arrives?
1: I think he'll be number 9 from next summer so maybe from hold next summer on, but maybe hold off on buying those Vlaovic 64 jerseys yeah. whatever it might 64. be this year. Uh, I mentioned that
0: was... that I I I know Locatelli and I know Adam mentioned that there's a sentimental value behind Locatelli's number 27 but in the long run, I feel like I feel like for a player image, that was a that was a whack move. That was um, I don't know if you want to seventy
2: three be... at Sassuolo. I feel like he's like one of those players who he, likes. I weird don't like it. I don't like it. Yeah, I, I wish
0: Juve would bring back the one through whatever twenty two. Yeah, I like uh, I
1: like Locatelli in twenty seven because the twenty seventh Juve squadello is the first one that he remembers as a Juve fan. So I'm I'm well behind that. I think with Vlaovic, who knows, man. I don't even know I what numbers are right now. Number
2: seven when he arrives, or because Ronaldo was registered. Somebody was, was asking
0: that online since because since, yeah, because the transfer window
1: is open and now Ronaldo is gone, you can re-register it with Vlaovic. You okay. can't mm-hmm. change number, but the guy who had it has gone. The guy who's coming wants it. Yes, he but could so, wear seven.
2: So right. So if he came, I remember the reports were that they were gonna give Kane the number seven shirt but that was the same window so they wouldn't have been able to do that then that's the difference i think yes what you're saying okay yeah
1: because it was already registered to him so i don't know it'd be really interesting maybe to be, maybe he'll, he'll, he'll
2: take number seven he's yeah i think he'll continue on monopoly oh yeah but right right now morata has it so even if Maratta does go to barcelona based maybe. on what we just talked about you can't take he can't take number nine anyway.
0: He could take Maybe he'll nine. be one with a little plus in the middle. He could take number yeah. nine
1: if Morata left before he played a game. But obviously, if he okay. wants to play a game, he would have to register a number. So that's where the problem would come. It's it'll, it'll actually be a really difficult thing for Juventus because...
0: Is is he eligible to play in the Champions League? Yes. Amateur because question. Ag- yes.
1: Again, you can change the, the Champions League squad In January, so he would be fine in Champions League. He would be fine in Coppa Italia. He would be fine in Syria, obviously. So it'll be interesting to see what number he does take because the way that Juve's marketing department works, he's he's going to be able to sell some shirts this season and then maybe change to number nine in the summer and 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 sell some more. Sell some
2: more, yeah. That's why I could see them giving him number seven because that's like a that's an Mm. important number and that'll. That'll sell more shirts than uh, you know, number 52 or whatever, since we are talking about Bednar earlier.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Anyways, boys, um, thank you so much. Adam, thank you so for so much inside knowledge. Thanks, Johnny, you're always the best. Uh, I know you guys Thanks went through some difficulties today to be able to make this podcast, and I'm sure the listeners appreciate it. Uh, perfect timing as well. Uh, a couple of things I want to mention. Um Chiesa, successful surgery seven months before his return. Hopefully Fantastic, in bro. time to play with, with the new acquisition. Kind of nosing a little
1: bit. They have a they have a nice link up.
0: Yeah, I just I just posted a photo of them uh celebrating uh celebrating together at um at Florentina. Uh I think we're pretty much covered everything, guys. Thank you so much for, for for joining us. I know there's a ton of podcasts that you guys can check out, and I always appreciate you guys choosing us for your hour of entertainment it's going to be it's going to be an interesting interesting spring Uh, I think Juve should just go for top two finish hopefully our our new player hits the hits the ground running he's boys
1: scored one other thing on Vlavic He scored an absolutely incredible goal against Inter go look that up for Fiorentina so he, Mm -hmm. he already knows how to score against Inter which is never a bad thing for a Juve striker
0: I like it. Perfect. Thanks, boys. See you next time.
1: Maybe we should only be friends right up through the summer. It was going pretty well, but shorty lately it's a
2: bummer. You can't seem to keep my pace. And these wrinkles on my face are getting harder to ignore.